Hello everyone, welcome to the second episode of our new show, The Schoolia Show. So, um, yesterday Wahib sent me a video where this uh, sociologist, Algerian sociologist, spoke about this wave of violence that's going to hit Algeria in these times. So Wahib and I are going to start talking about some of the statistics that he spoke about in his video and we're going to discuss in general, the violence that we see in social media and in our daily lives in general, right? Yeah, so, so the sociologist, uh, his name is uh, Nordin Bakis. Mm -hmm. um, he's an Algerian sociologist and uh, he spoke about this uh, wave of violence that will hit uh, the community very soon. And uh, what he talked about was, uh, was uh, something about how society is actually um, keeping a lot of things for themselves like they're there like there is a lack of space where they can release all the stress mm -hmm. and anxiousness like especially uh, now during COVID-19 like everyone is staying at home there is like social distance and people are not meeting much and so uh, th there's there like is a lot there, there is some tension going accumulation on. of tension yeah right. an accumulation of tension and they're keeping it inside and so he said that like once everything is uh, gonna come when once business comes back as usual then he expects uh, things to blow up and uh, it's very interesting because what he he said that um, like the uh, one of the um, that one of the proofs uh, like that support what he's saying is actually the how many cases we're hearing about uh, like about violent acts that happen inside fam fam families. Mm -hmm. uh, he said like that, like that's just a proof that the Algerian society is keeping um, a lot of anger inside homes, you know, and uh, that's where that's where they're releasing that anger, usually against their wives, against their children, you know, and we're hearing a lot of cases, different cases every single day about people who are getting uh, murdered mm -hmm. inside family. Yeah, I mean, um, before, before, just as quarantine started, uh, we saw like, not only in Algeria, but <coughs> people from all over the world, they started predicting how the environment will be at homes, especially with women who have uh, violent uh, partners or abusers. So they were predicting that, predicting that it will be worse because they're going to be spending the whole time with them and they won't have escape. Like they can't go to work, the partner has to stay home. So this will just be uh, an even worse situation for uh, women and children and, and the husbands themselves. And um, recently I noticed that there is some kind of campaign. I'm not sure because I'm still trying to, to track it, to understand it. But I've seen a friend who has been sharing posts regarding the women who, who were murdered by their either their husbands, their brothers, their males in their families. Oh, and how many cases are there? Yeah, so far I think yesterday the, it was, if I'm not mistaken, 33, like s since January, women. So it's not since COVID? Yeah, this, yeah, this, this wasn't, wasn't like uh, focusing only on the effects of COVID-19 COVID or um, quarantine on women, okay. but they are just counting the number of cases, like of feminist side, uh, since January to 2020, and uh, you will notice that those women are mostly murdered by p 
people from their family, as I said, and some of the posts that I saw regarding this, uh, there is a hashtag, um, I think uh, or something like that, like we lost an another one of mm -hmm. us. So the women are supporting them. And most of those cases, I said, are fi people from their families. And the way of murder is not, it's like really, really violent, really brutal. Like the woman who was murdered yesterday, uh, her husband killed her with, uh, not a gun, but uh, I don't know, like a bigger gun. <laughs> I don't know, what is it called? And it's like I a machine gun or something? Uh, something like that. He's in the military, I guess, or ex-soldier or something like that. And there is also a girl who's 14 or 15. She was murdered by her brother and he choked her with her own scarf. Yeah, like it's really, really terrible. But as I said, it, it's, um, I mean, it concerns us since it's in Algeria, but I also noticed that it happens, it's happening all over the world. Uh, recently, I've, I've started seeing on Instagram mostly, like uh, women that I follow that I know, they, post, they posted pictures of them in white and black, maybe you noticed the picture, and they just put a hashtag, challenge accepted. And at first I was confused, what is this challenge about? And I looked it up a bit and it's still controversial like the source of, uh, of those pictures is still controversial but some of them said that it recently started like women started posting these pictures in support of women in Turkey because in Turkey uh, Turkey has like one of the highest rates concerning violence against women and murder so usually on their social media when a woman is murdered they post her picture in black and white on social media so women started posting their pictures in white and black to to like let people around them know that this i can be next that i'm standing with women who are suffering from violence so that's concerning um what's going on on social media like in support of women you know I w what i wish uh, i wish some psychologists could explain to us like the psychology behind uh, such acts like how c because to me it's like it's totally it's inhuman, not only inhuman, but I always wonder like how could someone, I think that a lot of people are wondering with me, like they say, how could someone uh, do something like that? You can never imagine yourself, you know, murdering one of your family. Like if, you know, even if the tensions are like so high, but like to choke your sister or like to really murder your wife and your kids, like, just just insane, you know? And, uh, and when one case happens, in a year or two, people think that people usually think that it's just like a psychopath. You know, like you shouldn't you shouldn't uh, take them. Um, you shouldn't try to analyze how they think it's not, uh, logically because they're not thinking logically. They're just sick people, and uh, they're just projecting their sickness. But when you got a lot of cases, then you start raising questions like, what the hell is going on in, in this society? Yeah. I'm not sure if you ever heard any psychologists explaining explaining this. Yeah, I'm not really familiar with the explanation and ana analysis concerning this issue, but uh, <coughs> people who usually murder, they, they tend to have, uh, they are not psychopaths maybe, but they, they are like in that spectrum somehow. They have tendencies, um, I mean, maybe we, we miss those signs, but Probably they, they have signs that show that they have they are sociopaths or psychopaths. I don't want to go into details because I'm not 
I'm not a professional and I don't even have enough data on this, but so far that's what I think. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if someone can be, you know, let's say normal, not having any sociopathic, uh, I don't know even if that's a word, tendencies, and they can be somehow brainwashed uh, to, to start being violent. Or maybe like some people say, like humans are violent by nature and maybe that's, um, that's like an instinct that can be fed or, or like uh, encouraged through culture, through ideas, through propaganda and so on. So I'm not really sure about this, but so far that's what I think. Yeah, um, and also usually, usually people's solution to this is always punishment, more punishment. Yeah. But I don't think that's like the right solution. Maybe it's solution for the short term, but I guess trying to understand this, try to understand why people behave like this way and then try to prevent that from happening with the next generation. Um, I think that should be, that will be, um, it will take more efforts, it will be harder, but I think it's worthwhile, you know, in comparison with just punishing a person so that other people, because I think that the, the person who's going to murder his family, um, I think they're already aware about the, about the punishment. Like for example, the cop who murdered his wife and his children. The guy is, is probably more literate uh, when it comes to laws in Algeria than anyone else. Mm-hmm. So like he knew what like the, the, the consequences of his action will be. But it's, but it's not about punishment. Yeah, I'm not sure about this. I think, I think um, we can work on both at the same time, like uh, being severe concerning the punishment yeah. at the same time working on analyzing people who act this way, uh, understanding them and trying to, I don't know, maybe detect those behaviors, work on them, sharing awareness, I mean, spreading awareness, depending on, you know, we will act on it depending on the data that we will have. <coughs> but I do think that uh, punishment is, is, uh, is important not only for justice, but it can also not not stop, but um, decrease number of cases. Uh, I mean, it will depend on the case. For example, probably, as you said, a policeman is more knowledge, has more knowledge concerning the laws, and he acted knowing that he will be punished, but he didn't care. So this kind of behaviors will need to be dealt with differently. But then there are others who no, who like they would care if the punishment w- was really severe, but knowing that this won't li- this won't be serious. I mean, not only murder, but violence in general. Let's say um, domestic violence, like beating their wives or or females outside, or like uh, sexual harassment and so on. Um, they know that the consequences won't be so bad because first, probably she won't even denounce him. Second, if she denounces him, the case probably won't move like until court. And if it does, then he probably won't get a really severe punishment and um, after a year he'll be out. So maybe oh, a year of prison doesn't scare him. So he yeah. will go ahead with it. 
there are a lot of people in Algeria who who talk about women's rights, right? Mm -hmm. um, there are also many activists who are into this subject. Uh, but the thing is that there are there are plenty of men who don't really understand what that means. Like they their initial response is always like, "What do you mean about women's rights? Women." have all the rights in Algeria. Look, they are, they are, they, they, they got a lot of, uh, they got jobs, they got jobs. They yeah, study. they're, yes, they're studying. When you go to university, the majority are women. When uh, you go to many companies, women have higher chances to be recruited than men. Um, they tell you about all these things. So they're mm -hmm. like, what the hell are you talking about? But they don't understand that probably most of the things that, that these women rights activists are talking about are like cultural things. Like for example, Definitely. domestic violence, you know? Um, like the idea that a woman would be afraid to denounce her husband uh, because of how society will look at her afterwards, right? Um, so they're more like cultural things that yeah. we need to, be, to, to deal with than things that have to do with the law. You know, the legal yes, things. Definitely. Yeah. Especially when it comes to victim blaming. I mean, you would, people would associate this term um, victim blaming only with rape cases. But you would see that it, it's not only with rape or sexual harassment cases. Mm -hmm. For example, the, those posts that I told you about, like of women who are murdered, and the case that I think most Algerians heard about, the recent one of the cop who killed his wife, her parents, and her brother. Uh, I mean, this is something that you wouldn't question, and even if you would question, you would just want to, uh, like, out of curiosity to understand how can someone do such a thing. But when you see people commenting, some of them at least, they don't, they, they question, like, what the woman de did to, to, dr to drive her husband to kill her and to kill her family, but question it in a way that makes it, makes it sound like part of it was her fault. Right. I mean, she, she, she drove him to do that when you should never excuse someone for murdering anyone. So this issue also of victim blaming is something that we, we, need, to, we need to solve in our society and in the world. Well, the, this is like usually justified when, uh, when like the woman cheats on the husband. Like usually people empathize a lot if someone murders mm -hmm. um, his wife like for that because it's considered um, what is it called the uh, like something on that has to do with like shut off like the honor yeah yeah the honor of the of the person yeah but there's but then again um, I'm not sure like even though I really feel sorry about such people it's really really hard and horrible like to experience cheating but to take it to murder I mean, it's double standards because you would find the same people who um, understand and sympathize with the person who murdered his wife because she cheated on him. If the wife is the one who murdered her husband, I mean, probably you can find women sympathizing with her, but you wouldn't find the same people who sympathize with that man sympathizing with her. I don't know if that makes sense. but um, I don't think that there are women who kill their husbands because they found th their husbands cheating. I never heard of cases uh, like that. Me neither. I'm just like saying. Yeah. 
but but there usually, is this double they standard. Just get I don't know. I didn't broker. hear like I didn't hear of a case of a woman who murdered her husband because he cheated. But uh, if I, I saw cases of women just talking about their experiences or saying that they hate their husbands or they want divorce or whatever, they just talking about the issue, you know. And then you will find people again like standing with the husband because they they will try to find reasons that drove him to cheat. Like maybe you did something, maybe you don't love him enough, maybe you're like, but, but you don't find them doing the same thing with the same the thing for like yeah exactly. <laughs> so yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. So if a man cheats, they say that, well maybe uh, his wife isn't treating him in a, in a good way, you know. Mm -hmm. But if a woman cheats, because she needs to be patient. Yeah, they look at the, like they don't say that maybe her According man is not like treating her well. They say oh, she's just evil. Yeah, like that's what she is. And considering what you said about honor, there's actually I don't know if it still exists, uh, especially especially in Algeria. I really have no idea about this, but I kn I know that it existed in France. Maybe it's still I don't know. Like there's a law called passion law, I think. So this passion law has to do with people who murder or commit crimes based on their honor. For example, a man who murdered his wife, uh, who cheated on him, won't have the same sentence as someone who murdered anyone else. Like, they, he will have less punishment because it's understood. This is in France? Uh, I don't know, like, uh, to check that out. I, I don't think it still exists. And if it does still exist, I don't think it's acted on. For honor killing? Right. Yeah, I think it's called pas uh, crime de passion, something like that. Wait, wait a minute. Search for the law. So here there is question, what countries allow honor killings? In addition, the United Nations Commission on Human Rights gathered reports uh, from several countries and considering only the countries submitted reports uh, it was shown that honor killings have occurred in Bangladesh Great Britain Brazil Ecuador Egypt India Israel Italy Jordan Pakistan Morocco Sweden etc yeah 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 I, I don't know if it still exists but um, I know that at least in Algeria it existed like honor killing but it I has like, the the like the article has a name I got it crime of Passion. So it's crime a of passion. Yeah, crime of passion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I Almost know. Almost like crime of passion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so it, it says like in some countries, notably France, uh -huh. uh, crime, passion, passionnel, passionnel. Okay, so English are as French, <laughs> French are as English. Anyway, yeah, it's so or crime of passion was a valid defense to murder uh, charges. During the 19th century, uh, some such cases resulted in a custodial sentence for the murder of two years. Yeah, so. Yeah. Existed. So just that just shows how culture actually affects laws. Of you course see? it does, because laws yeah, are made for people. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying, like, since culture affects laws this much, it's mostly the culture that we need to focus on, like when we, we have issues. I don't know, for example, there is no law that says uh, women cannot go out at night, mm -hmm. right? But uh, if a woman is out... Uh, She's not going to be safe. Yeah. Not only that, 
but uh, her honor will be questioned. Uh, I mean, it depends where she lives and the family that she has, but she will be questioned. She will be looked at weird, like probably she has a brother and the neighbors see, they'll be like, your, your sister is out at night. What is she doing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this is so all Even cultural. if they don't assault her, they will make her feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. They will look at her, they will make up rumors about her, and that's not something that you can, uh, you know, solve with a law. Like, what kind of law are you gonna like, forbid people from talking? You, just gotta, you, you gotta shut up, you, there is a law that yeah. you just... You can't, you can't yeah. do that, you just need to... to you gotta work, work, work on the social fabric. Exactly, yeah. And that's a harder work. But like, that's the thing, I mean, some of the activists uh, act as if like, um, some people get offended when some women rights activists uh, talk about those things. And I always wonder why. I'm not sure, maybe we're going. I think it has a lot to do with the perception of people on feminism. I mean, the woman doesn't even have to say to belong to a feminist organization, association whatsoever. The woman doesn't even have to say that she doesn't even probably identify as a feminist or whatever. She doesn't even know that this word exists or this term, this movement. But um, if she's dressed a certain way or maybe even if she doesn't even speak like feminists they know, if she, ev she speaks about those issues, she will be directly associated to feminism. And when they hear feminism, they think, um, they imagine a girl with really short hair who has like short, uh, green hair, short she's hair, crazy. curly hair. <laughs> right. <laughs> they do that, right? <laughs> yeah, they do that. Yeah. So I don't know. They 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 imagine this woman that that that's aggressive or generally from the West, and she she has those crazy ideas and those beliefs that don't fit with the Algerian society, and they will think that. These, these women, when they speak about women's rights, they, they, then they are trying to give this you know, foreign ideology in Algeria, so it's a threat. Or they think that they are just blindly copying whatever feminism are doing in the West. In Western countries. Yeah, and applying it. So they, they instantly get defensive, so they attack or they don't listen. That's really problematic. And, you know, like uh, sometimes you see those, especially guys, I noticed, you see them like uh, criticizing feminists, which is fine. Like they they, they criticize uh, the fourth wave feminism and certain things that they think are violent or extremist. And I don't know. I personally um, I try to be moderate and uh, criticize things, even even if I stand with the cases. Like, I personally don't identify as a feminist, but that doesn't mean that I hate feminists or whatever the ideology or the movement is doing is wrong. Like, I can take the good things that I agree with. I can criticize a certain approach. I can uh, not uh, agree or support uh, something they support. So when you see those people... I'm just going to give you an example. Like, for example, domestic violence. We're both against domestic violence, mm -hmm. you know, whether you're feminist or not. Maybe you're feminist and you have, you make more efforts in uh, talking about this issue. Um, but then there is the sort of feminists maybe who uh, generalize and uh, come up with these, you know, anti-men jokes, you know, they throw it, in a s throw it in a sentence or, 
like they do the, yeah, they, they want exactly. to have uh, only women based circles you know to create more safety and then i mean uh, that's that's the the reason why i i don't uh, say that i'm a feminist i just don't feel comfortable um to let other people represent me i, I if i say a feminist like anyone else who says they are a feminist and they do a certain People thing, think that they, they will the think same. that I agree with them or I will act like them. So I prefer to, to you know, present myself, represent myself, I mean, uh, analyze situations my way, um, defend things using my own approach and so on. But what I was trying to get into is, uh, you know, when you see people who rationalize and criticize when something is bad, I mean, constructively criticize, not just attack and say feminazi, that's not criticism, that's just attacking them. You're, you're not any better than a woman who says, a feminist who says, oh, men are trash. Like, you're just creating a bad environment. Where is it leading to? Generalizing. Yeah. So when you see people, some people, some men especially, I mean, I'm not, I'm not um, generalizing, but that's what I, from my own experience, what I saw, like some men behi hide behind this behind this uh, cold um, intellectual man who's just criticizing the fourth wave feminism and like being constructive. But actually, they, they just use that as an excuse to attack anything that has to do with women, you know? Yeah. For example, I, I have a friend a um, few days ago, she, she shared with me something. She posted a story uh, on her private account and uh, someone wrote, I mean, replied to her with something that was inappropriate, that made her uncomfortable, and she told him that it was disgusting, like the way you were talking to me. And uh, he told her that she doesn't understand the joke because she's a feminist. What does that have to do with anything? As if like, a and then like he means that feminists are slow, like they're slow in understanding, or they don't understand. Or like they, yeah. Or like women are not funny, yeah. or um, or they hide behind dark humor. Dark humor is fine, but people use it in in weird ways. Usually, I mean, sometimes people use it in order to insult someone, and then when you get offended, they are like, "A joke we're is just a joke. joking." Yeah, we're just joking. Or they tell you like a joke is a joke, um, no matter how offensive it is. It's just a joke. It's just humor. But at a certain point, you need to question yourself. Is my humor more important than a person's feelings or, or like how it affects them? So they think that they're entitled to laugh at other people and that merits more than the feelings of the other person. Exactly, like I can mock you and then you feel offended. Sometimes I say that truth maybe is more important than the feelings of the other person, but not your humor. You know, you're not supposed, like you don't, you don't need to laugh at the expense of someone else. Exactly, I, I, I don't understand. I I once saw this article uh, of, uh, I forgot which country, but there's this country that started making fines, really expensive fines for people who, you see when there is like a, a puddle of water, I think that's what it's called. Okay. Like there's water in the s near the sidewalk and there is a car that drives and it splashes all the place. Some people were doing it on purpose to, to splash the, the people who are walking. Mm -hmm and uh, they started finding that. So this person actually... Um, wow, they took into consideration even that? Yeah, like this person uh, was fined because he purposefully drove and splashed uh, another person. 
Imagine and you do that with your car and then the, like, like the cop comes after you. Like you just... <laughs> Splash someone. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this reminds me of another article. You'd be like, wow, <laughs> more rights. <laughs> Here's the, another, the, another article that, that you reminded me of. But concerning this, when I, when I read the comments, I saw that some people were saying, oh, people of this generation don't understand humor. Uh, where is this going to? Snowflakes. And I mean, I understand that you find it funny. We find things funny, like if we see a friend that's falling, I'll probably laugh at you, but I would still feel bad, you know? But I won't put my, you know, my humor. Desire for humor over. <laughs> your, your safety yeah, yeah. or something. So they were like, uh, I do that with my kid and we laugh about those people and stuff. But like, yeah, okay, uh, you can find that funny, but if someone complains, you should also understand. Like, what if that person is having a bad day and you just made it worse? What if that person is having an important interview, they are going to a job interview and you just splash them and they can't go like that to a job interview and they will be late and then they will lose the interview? There's like countless possibilities that could happen to that person to ruin their day or even to ruin something that will affect them like greatly in their lives. Sometimes they don't like need like to think carefully about how the person is going to feel. It's just... Common I sense. think it's just, yeah, it's just mean, it's rude. Like to talk to, uh, like especially when uh, the other person made it clear. I used to, I used to, I, I think I used to see that a lot when I was uh, a child. Like when we were kids, and some kids like laugh about other kids in, in things that are really sensitive. Like even like, for example, there is one kid who is crying about something. Everyone is laughing at him or her, yeah. you know, even though like she or he is in pain. You know, and they are laughing, like all kids, they are laughing. And then I think that it happened to me, you know, and in, th in these moments you feel like the other kids are so evil. They are. I mean, like the kids are, are adorable, but really scary at the same time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there are adults who do that. They do that. Yeah. Like it's obvious that you're, you're offended, you're under pain, you feel embarrassed, but they, they still do it. Yeah, I think I told you about this one, but I was once in uh, a meeting, you know, that um, that I had in some reception here uh, in Algiers, mm -hmm. and uh, so we were like just a group of young people, just like we do different, like we don't know each other really well because we were invited all there, um, and uh, each one of us had something, had a, a special domain. And uh, there was like this girl next to me uh, who, she's a pilot. So, uh, and uh, what I remembered back then is that like every time, the th that is, that is, this is problem with me is that every time I flies, you know, outside of Algeria, another country, I always get a headache. You know, I always feel bad. I feel like I'm going to vomit, you know. Um, and when I try to sleep, I cannot. Uh, my stomach, I start getting some stomach ache, like, you know, I start getting this pain. And I really wanted to ask her um, if I, for example, or someone like me wanted to be a pilot, um, what will they, what will they need to do? Mm -hmm. You know, like if that becomes my work 24 seven, am I going to uh, have some sort of training or am I gonna get uh, some pills to eat, you know? For, uh, before flying. Or a diet or something. Yeah. So my first question to her, uh, I asked this straightforward. It was like, 
like you guys do some training, you know, before you fly uh, with like those planes. And then I asked like very, like in very, very earnestly, like in a very serious manner. Um, and then uh, she, she looked at me and then she was like, uh, yeah, we actually do. And then she said, uh, like we keep running in, a, in this long road. Then I was like, what? And then she started laughing like, ah, and then she, she, uh, she looked at everyone else. As if like, like inviting them to the joke, you know, she looked at everyone else and then she, she looked back at me and she was like, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'll easy. Like and continue. I was like, what? Like you don't know me. Like that's the first yeah. interaction between us. And you made this joke, but not only with me, you're trying to bring everyone else like to laugh at oh. what I just said, as if like the question is weird or something. She was like, like, what do you mean by your training? But then I lost the motivation to, to ask her. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And um, I'm not sure, maybe that's just her culture because I don't think that she's like a bad person because she did that or anything. Uh, it's just, that's just her culture. That's just humor. But um, I think they call it passive aggressive humor. You know, like when you do this kind of, uh, uh, this kind of uh, loud humor next to people and you don't, without really knowing them, and you embarrass them. And sometimes what's worse is that you make them feeling bad for being offended. Like for example, if I uh, explain that and express myself saying like, this is what you did and I really got offended, it affected me, they would laugh at you. They would think that like, you're the yeah, problem. Th that's you're, the, that's you're the very biggest sensitive. problem. I mean, we all make mistakes and we all sometimes get carried away with humor or with the, you know, speaking a joke out loud or something. And, uh, I mean, you can, you can say that's okay because it happens, it's a mistake. But what I don't understand is when those people actually like make you feel bad for, for fulfilling bad. Like fulfilling bad, like yes. Like you're a snowflake, you're a vi you think you're a victim, this is just humor, chill. And uh, I, I really don't understand this. I personally would feel so bad like if someone says that I did something that offended them when I was trying to be funny or something, I would feel awkward. So I can't uh, put myself in their shoes to understand. Maybe you're not taking it to the extreme because I understand what those people mean. Because they mean they think that you're someone who's, who's making a big deal out of nothing. Like for example, you see like those um, little girls or boys who uh, were raised in a very good, safe, and a beautiful environment all the time where everyone is a smiling bubble. and there is the, the happy dabby do, you know, mm -hmm. kind of environment. Um, and then they are so sensitive that they, they start crying about everything. Like, you took my toy. Yeah, <laughs> spoiled. Yeah, exactly. And so they think that, like, that's exactly how you're acting. You're making something like a very big deal. <sighs> but... Um, I don't know, I think that there is a difference when you're, uh, like if, if I meet someone who's like that, you know, who's making big deals uh, out of nothingness, you know, and they are crying and complaining about them. That's just them, that's their life. I don't, I don't like, like it doesn't affect me. My only concern is when I engage, you know, in a, in a conversation with them and then I hurt them with something. I don't wanna do that. Exactly. I just don't want to do that, especially when it's a joke. That's something that you could avoid. Like, why would you make a joke 
that will upset the other person and offend him or her just so that you can laugh. You don't need to do that. There are many things in the world that you can laugh about. Like you see that in that's teenagers. That's not like need. You see that in teenagers, like uh, when they're in the group, especially like uh, I don't know, they're like two close friends and they are in this new group, and someone who wants to, to to act cool, to sound funny, maybe a guy trying to impress a girl or vice versa. Yeah, they start making they jokes of their friends, like at the expense of their friends. Exactly. <laughs> that's this uh, usually happens, especially like in transportation, Tra like train or a bus. There are two guys, and then suddenly one one of them sees the girl, and then they start, you know, like like spanking each other so that they get the attention of the other girl. And that's guys, like don't do that. No one is going to be interested because you slapped your friend. That's not attractive. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> It's just a weird way of trying to get girls' attraction. Yeah. Try to attract, like, try to appeal people. You know, I mean, you're supposed you're supposed to feel bad. You're supposed to think that if you can do that to your friend, then what could you do if someone gets in a relationship with you? Like if yeah, you're I, I your think friend. I think guys do that because uh, <coughs> they, there is this uh, common. They want to look rule. superior? No, there, there's this common rule or something that guys, uh, girls like uh, funny guys. But that's Which not funny. Which is true to a certain but that's extent. Not funny. But that's, yeah, exactly. So, so they try to act in, in using weird humor, their own humor. What they think is funny or going to make that girl laugh, they, they do it to get her attention or to make her life laugh. So she gets uh, interested. Yeah, they do that sometimes physically and sometimes verbally. They try to embarrass their friends instead in, in front of the girl. Yeah, like for example, uh, someone says to his friend, "Like, are you dumb? How could you not know this?" In Do order you to think make it other. works? I mean, um, you're the you're the girl. I mean, I don't. You, it you it have, certainly you have does have not work in my case, but I've never you asked you any friends. Do you, know, do you know any girls who who think that you they would like that? I mean, I don't know. We never spoke about this, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I think uh, here's the thing. I stop. I stopped thinking that uh, criticizing too much. Not criticizing, but uh, what I'm trying to say is that there there were certain things that I saw many guys doing in order to attract a girl, and I've always wondered, what the hell? How come you think this will work? Why do you still do it when all girls get bothered? when that and that, and then I reached a certain you know, age and got to know a few people, that through them I understood that it works with some girls, with some of them. So that's why it continues, because I've always wondered how come it never works, but still they do it. But the thing is, it still works, and that's why I asked you, because maybe it works with some girls, maybe, maybe it's a minority. I don't know, I never, d I never, I never yeah. did that. Yeah, but so maybe it's sure. a minority, and uh, maybe that's the kind of girls they like, they want, or, or whatever. For example... Um, what about people who dive on the beach? What? Like when you go to the beach and then you, got, you, sh you see like a bunch of guys like just... Diving? Yeah, like, no, just like doing this line, and then they start diving, doing like these weird moves because there's a girl sitting there. I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine oh, like a girl sitting and it was like, wow, <laughs> this guy dives so well. 
I'm gonna give him his my, my phone number. Are you gonna get in a relationship with someone just because he dives well? That's like a lack probably, of ambition. Probably, probably there are people like that. I mean, I'm not trying to 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 criticize them or or yeah, attack them or tastes. anything. But but I'm, what I'm what I'm trying to say is that uh, it depends on their environment. Maybe maybe some guys do that because they want to attract a certain kind of girls. But there are other guys who just want to approach a girl, but they don't know how. So they start looking at what guys do typically. So they start following them, not knowing that not. All girls are interested all on in that, and even worse, not only they are not interested, but it bothers them, and actually it's harassment. I mean, some people just approach you and go, but some people harass you. Like, I don't know, when I walk by and someone loudly insults my hair, how, I mean, it's just plain harassment. It has nothing to do with attraction. I don't think like when I walk by and someone compares me to a dog because of my hair, yeah, that's he is attack. expecting that's my number attack. or something. I don't think they expect anything. They just do it for the hell of doing it because it's fun for them to, to harass people. And I don't know, maybe it makes them feel cool. Maybe they think they are superior. Maybe they think, maybe it's just nice to feel like they have the power to, to to attack someone else and they can't do anything. Yeah, I think that's what it and is. And I, I noticed like in my case, at least, I reached a certain point when I, I just can't, can't tolerate those behaviors. So when someone makes a comment, I respond to them. I think what they feel is that is a boost uh, to their self-esteem when they do that. That yeah. like they are like they are, like the concept of alpha male, but I'm not sure if uh, it works oh no, in this, in this case. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> But like, I, as I said, but that like shouldn't be the definition of alpha male. Alpha male is not someone who's going to beat, uh, you know, random Yeah, let, maybe we can girls. talk about that another time. But what <laughs> I'm trying to say is that uh, when I started responding to them, um, I noticed that many cases they get surprised and they get embarrassed because they don't. I can tell that they weren't expecting me to turn or something because they are not used to that. That we we are. I don't know about guys, but most of girls, we are taught to not respond to this kind of, uh, you know, comments. We just ignore them. And you would think by ignoring them, they would stop, but they don't stop. They don't think that you're ignoring them because you think they're stupid. They think that you're ignoring them because you're powerless. You're afraid. You can't do anything. So when you turn, like someone tells me, hey, what's up with your hair? And I turn, what's up with my hair? He's like, oh, nothing, I'm just kidding. Because he's not expecting me to react. So, I mean, I wouldn't advise girls to, to react to everyone or to respond, especially sometimes it's dangerous. I mean, you can tell a, a person is dangerous and you wouldn't risk your life, you just ignore them. But uh, I don't know, for me, for me, at least if it doesn't work, if it doesn't make that person question himself next time he harasses a girl, at least when I go home, I will have like part of the rage, you know, quenched. Because when we know when you hear lots of things you can ignore and ignore, but sometimes you just go home and you're like, I wish I said that, I wish I did that, I hate I hate this, I hate that. But when you respond you feel like uh, you defended yourself or you stop having that conflict inside your yeah, head. Yeah. So at least it stops with that. Sorry for the cut. So what I was going to say before this is uh, kind of a <coughs> message to any woman or girl watching this video. Uh, it's something that I notice in our society concerning boys. 
uh, who, who repeat what older guys do. They try to flirt or make comments or uh, sexually harass older girls, like women older than them. Uh, it, can, it can be a small act like a wink, a whistle, a comment they heard, or, or maybe worse than that. But uh, what, what I want to tell the other women is, I mean, it's sad that we can't blame those boys because they're just repeating what older people are doing, but we can help stop it. I mean, those older guys, they, they, they are already that way, and it's, we can work on it, but it's hard to change them. But I think, personally, I, I've, I've dealt with this situation, like when I see a boy and he does something, I don't ignore it. Why would I ignore it? He's the younger one. Uh, I am older, I have more power. Of course, I'm not gonna hit him or anything. But, you know, just scare them, act like an older you sister, talk, yeah. like a mother. Tell them, no, you shouldn't do this. I'm older than you, I'm a woman. This is not something to do, not it's bad and appropriate, they will be embarrassed, believe me. Uh, you will see that they are embarrassed and they will even apologize. I've had, yeah. I've had boys apologize. And I think th on like um, a long term, they will question themselves next time they approach an, a woman. And maybe this will embarrass them to the point that when they grow up, they won't repeat this behavior because yeah. they know it's wrong. And any woman can embarrass them back. So they don't, to avoid that situation, it will just leave yeah, women alone. You need alone. to voice that out so that they understand that this is something that's really, really not yeah. appropriate. Yeah. So, so don't let them. Don't let little boys harass you. No, you're older. All right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's all for today. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in and yeah. uh, watching. Hopefully, we'll see you next week. Take care.